Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. Welcome to another edition of Heavy Live with Scoopy. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson, senior writer at Heavy.com. So it was a pleasure when you got owners in the building. No different here is we have Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban. What's going on, sir? What up, big dog? Thanks for having me on. And it's been a minute. What, since like the 2019 Jordan party in Charlotte? (laughs) I don't remember much, but yeah. (laughs) That was a fun night. Yeah, anytime you get me anywhere near Michael, it's... It's a problem. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, Mark, because um, you haven't played against or your team haven't played against um, LeBron and the Heat in 2011. Um, and, and you guys played against the Heat prior to that. But I, just taking a poll with some of my friends, um, their, their burning question for you is simply, if you had to start a franchise today, you have a Michael Jordan hoodie on, would you start your franchise with Michael or LeBron in their prime? Which one? Depends who else I could pick up, right? So if it's an expansion draft, I think LeBron makes everybody on the team better, right? So he's a good starting point. But if I got a good squad that I can put together, I want Michael as my closer, right? Because I think, not that LeBron's not a good closer, but Michael's the best, right? So when that game's on the line, I'd I'd rather have MJ at this point. Yeah, I I think when you look at last dance, um, a lot of younger guys, um, some guys even on your team didn't get to see Michael play on the Wizards, let alone the Bulls. Yep. What is something about you that you learned about Michael um, that you didn't know from watching The Last Dance? Uh, the way he treated people just in the, the bowels of the arena, you know, the security guards and everything and how he got to be close to them. Um, the fact that he put up with more shit than I would have, um, <laughs> you know, just it, 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 I was surprised about like guys just taking off that stuff with social media these days, that would not work the same way, right? Just the pressure would be completely different back then. You just had to deal with the local newspapers and, you know, maybe a little bit of a little bit of ESPN, but ESPN really wasn't much of a thing then either. Um, relatively speaking. And so, you know, I, I was just surprised how guys would take off, right? <laughs> you know, that would not fly because there'd be pictures everywhere. Well, that's real. Mark, last time we talked on record on a show, I was, was four years ago um, on CBS, and this was pre-election. And we discussed 
now president, sitting duck president Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton at the time, um, president-elect Biden is coming in. And um, I, I have to play. My mother doesn't like the phrase devil's advocate, so she likes angel's advocate. She makes angel's food cake. She doesn't make devil's food cake. I like that. I can steal that from your mom. I like that. Tell her thanks. Yes, sir. So when you look at the presidential election and say 2024 comes around, everybody talks about Biden, COVID and more. I throw a softball question your way. Um, What do you expect to happen COVID wise in the next six months to a year? I think uh, people become more and more confident in the vaccine that they'll realize it's safe and effective. And as more people get it, um, that that confidence in society and the stress levels we have right now will decrease. And when that happens, we won't immediately be back to normal, but we'll see a path to normal. And I think that that'll help everybody because right now everybody's got such stress and anxiety, right? COVID stress and fatigue that we're afraid to do anything. And as people get the vaccine and we see healthcare workers first get it, they're going into the hospitals and they're not catching anything, right? Because they got the vaccine. We'll start to feel better and better and better. And then when our turn comes to get it, I think we'll be ready to take it. And that'll be a great thing. I read an, an interview that you did with Chris Sheridan uh, at the Daily News last year. I just got off the phone with him not too long ago. He sent his regards. Tell Chris what's up. That's, yes, sir. That being said, one of the things that I found interesting last year when he spoke to you was you were noncommittal uh, on potentially running uh, in 2024 uh, for the president of the United States. I guess at that point it would be 2020, 2024. Um, say hypothetically, using the angels uh, advocate uh, phrasing, um, things go south. I know that you did vote for uh, President-elect Biden. Say things do, do go south. Ross Perot uh, was the last viable independent that was out there. Would you put an iron in the fire in that case and run in the presidential election in 2024? Based on everything I know right now. But I mean, like you said, if things go south, it depends on how they go south and how far south and whether or not I thought I would be the right person. Um, you know, I wouldn't do it just to do it. I would only do it if I thought I was the right person. And there's a whole, you know, we've got time. So there's a whole lot of other qualified people out there, too. Like you, Scoop, what about you? Would you run? I'm not old enough. Oh, there you go. See, I wish I had. <laughs> I'm not old enough. You have to be what? Forty? What? Forty-five. I'm I'm ten years younger than that. Damn, I'm jealous. <laughs> no, nah, man. I, I I think um being the president of the United States is an honor. It is a civic duty. But I do think to ping pong it back to you, uh, President Trump in office, um is a reality star. Not to make you mad, but technically so were you. Right. Is being a reality star, a pre- has it become less of a prerequisite because President Trump? I hope, so. I hope it's less of a prerequisite. But let me just add to that. Shark Tank, Friday nights on ABC at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. It's still a great show. I like you. Um, but yeah, I mean... I hope it's not about who's the most famous or, you know, who has the most name recognition. I really hope it's about what you can bring to the table and do for the American people. And I hope it's not about Republican versus Democrat. I really hope there's an independent that comes along and says, you know what? We're tired of both parties and how they act. Let's do it a little different and make the American people first. And I think it's interesting you bring that up, Mark, because in the article, when you discussed, uh, you know, 
potential stakes in the presidential election. You, you spoke with Chris Sheridan specifically about ownership. Um, I come from a family background of ownership. My family ran and operated two shoe businesses in Harlem on 125th Street. And shoe, I know ownership is, 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 is the way. That being said, um, the thing that you discussed specifically with Sheridan about was offering people ownership, not just hope of Democrat and, and, and excuse me, Democratic and Republican. How do you change that perception of just two party systems? Well, two different things. There are one in terms of any any owner of a business um, like you, you and your family have been and you with your, your podcast. Right. You know, I'm a big believer that you offer equity to your employees because the only way to reduce income inequality is to have appreciable assets, things mm -hmm. that can value while you're sleeping. And so I think that first and foremost is, is most important um, in terms of getting away from Republicans or Democrats. You know, it's just going to take somebody who stands up and says, you know what, <laughs> look where the parties have got us. Does anybody feel good about either party right now? And by the way, why are we so caught up on, you know, being part of a party? Why aren't we Americans? And why don't we do things for the American people? There's no one way. There's no one Democratic way to do it. There's no one Republican way to do it. There's problems that we have to solve and we have to address them as Americans. And that doesn't happen with the partisanship we have right now. Mark, you mentioned Shark Tank. Curious. You mean Shark Tank Friday night on ABC? Yeah, you, you, I think I heard that a couple of times. Yeah, Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. That's Shark Tank? Yeah, all that. Best guest that you've ever had on the show. Scoop B Radio. Oh, there's so many. Honestly, there's no one best Scoop B because you get all these, all these folks that come on there, the whole life is on the line. Mm -hmm. You know, they've busted their ass and – they're taking that chance and really betting their future on this company they started. And so I try to respect every story, respect every entrepreneur, respect every business, respect their families, unless they're trying to, to, to fool us, unless they're trying to, to scam us, in which case I'll tear them apart. But if their heart's in the right place, you know, if they're the angels like your mom talks about, then I'm going to always support them. And there's been so many good ones over 12 years. You uh, we're referencing my mother this interview four years ago. We referenced my late father. My name is Donald Duck. I don't give a. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know um, when you look at. So 2010, I was in grad school. I did an independent study and I reached out to you. That's where we connected. And we talked about media. And you said in the year 2010 or 2011, we don't need 24 hour news coverage. We as a team um, can get things done. Um, I'm curious to know from your perspective, when you saw a certain Nets point guard evade the media, did that prove your point? Yeah. In some respects, it did. I mean, look, you know, traditional media when it comes to sports is becoming less and less important. You know, Sports Center is a great show. It's still fun to watch when you catch it, but you don't go out of your way to turn it on at 11 p.m. to catch the highlights anymore. You know, we're consuming our sports by being on Instagram, by being on TikTok, by being on Snapchat. And if you're a little bit older, you're on Facebook, you know, um, or maybe you just go to ESPN or you go to a website. And so, you know, teams now have become media companies. We have to create our own media company, just like Scooby's become a media company. And when a player, players are also media, um, also create their own content. They're their own brand. And, you know, they've got millions of followers in some cases on, on, social media, and they want to maintain that brand. They want to be true to themselves. And, you know, there, there's a balance sometimes when you, with the team, trying to get the players to understand that. But I think 
you know, I think the bigger picture right now, Scoop, and it, it, you brought up some really interesting things. The bigger picture right now is things are changing so much and people consume basketball, the NBA, in so many different places. We have to remind them of some of the old school places to go to consume that media, right? Mm-hmm. To go, you know, whether it's streaming or traditional television, we need our players to remind them, okay, the game's on ESPN tonight. You know, it's Mavs versus Lakers on ESPN because if we don't get all of us working together to amp us up, we're going to lose the golden goose, which is those media companies paying us for television rights, and then salaries go down, and that's a bad thing for everybody because players get 50% of income. So I don't think we've done a good job of encouraging players um, to promote those, those games because we all benefit equally. And I don't think the players have done a good job recognizing that there's an opportunity there that if we don't take it and promote it, I mean, it shouldn't just be me promoting our Mavs game last night. Um, right. It should be LeBron. It should be Luca. It should be everybody promoting those games because we, we, have, we have to lift the game up. Three years ago, we didn't have to do that because traditional television was fine, right? But now with all the cord cutting and everything and streaming, it's different, and we have to be cognizant of that fact. Transitioning from pawns to kings, million-dollar question. Will Luka Doncic be an NBA MVP? in the next three seasons? You know, he has the talent to do so. I'm hoping he's an NBA cha- uh, champion. You know, I want some more of those. See that guy behind me, that shiny thing behind me? Mm-hmm. I know he wants those things bad, just like I do. So, you know, when you talk to him, he always just wants to talk about getting rings. Um, and if you're good enough to get a ring, then the, then the MVP trophy will come with it. Cubes, I'm curious. From the backstory uh, on Luka Doncic, uh, draft night trade uh, it came about. More specifically, the process of knowing how good guys were going to be or what you needed exactly uh, in order to get Luka. Uh, walk me through that process, how you knew what you knew, and how you took a look at your inventory and said, this is what I got to do to get him. I mean, look, you never really know. You, you always think you know or hope you know. We didn't know Luca would be this good this soon. We thought he could get there, but not his first three years, right? Um, and what happened on that draft night, we, you know, what every team does is they try to, they talk to each other, all 30 teams talk to each other, and you never ask the Mavs who we're going to draft, but you say, okay, who do you think the Spurs are going to draft? Who are you going to, you know, and then you kind of triangulate it to figure out who's who. And so we had the fifth pick, and we were hoping that Luca would fall that far. Um, but it was unlikely. Once we did all that triangulation, um, it didn't seem likely. And so we kept on trying to trade up, whether it was first, second, third. Um, and we didn't think, you know, how far he, whether he'd get to four or not. And so we just started talking trades. And once we heard that um, Atlanta liked Trey Young the best, then it just came down to, okay, can we work out a deal with Trey Young? Because you kind of had to feel what, who was going to get picked at four. Um, and we were able to work out a deal, and it worked out great for Atlanta. Trey Young's a star, and it worked out great for us. We got Mark Cuban in the building. He has got his multicolor Michael Jordan, Air Jordan hoodie on. Look like you just came from the gym, or you get ready to go to a to out to, to a business meeting. Which one? It's cold here in Dallas today. It's cold in my house. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like quick question. So we talked about Luca. Um, and then I remember we spoke a few years back and you talked about Dirk Nowitzki and you told me that he actually, you gave him more than what he asked for. Bonus question. For all the years 
that he took less. How much less are we talking? He didn't, people say that like it's true. It's not true. He didn't take less, right? He took what, what, what they're trying to tell you is if he would have opted out, you know how um, LeBron opted out and then signed another contract and signed yep. another, right? And so that really wasn't done 10 years ago, right? So Dirk just signed the max contracts that were there rather than opting out and doing one at a time. And so that was really when people talk about him leaving money on the table, he could have he could have made a, a few more dollars, but he liked the security of having the long term deals where um, LeBron really, you know, bet on not so much better bet on his health more than anything else. Right. And so and then yeah, maybe you can argue that he took eight million one year and maybe he could have got a little more because we saved some money um, for free agency. So, you know, maybe five to ten million dollars in total. But I'm guessing, look, with Dirk, we would have done whatever Dirk wanted. And this is the way Dirk wanted it. That's real. Because when we talked about it, the topical issue was Dwayne Wade at the time when he left Miami and went to Chicago. And then he ended up coming back anyway. Um, so, yeah, when you, when, you talk about what, when you talk about Dirk and what he was able to do with you guys and finish out on top, I think it's Dirk's great. Nothing but love for Dirk, man. He is the real deal. For sure. Quick question. So, 2021. Free agency is coming up. Not naming names, but I'm curious to know. Say hypothetically, you had a max player who got hurt, and he was hurt so much he had to sit out a year. Would you as an owner take a chance on that particular player and pay him if you knew that he was going to be great? You know a player I'm talking about? I'm not talking about him specifically, but hypothetically in a situation like Somebody we know that just came back, would you tell Yeah, we with KP, obviously. And so, yeah, we believe in it. I mean, that's where you listen to your doctors, you know, and the doctors tell you the truth. And now KP got dinged up again, but he's going to be back sooner than people um, expect. And, you know, it, it, we don't expect any, you know, knock on wood because you never know, but we don't expect any long-term problems. That's real. How's Delonte West? You know, D is, is working on himself, figuring it out. Um, he's back home with his mom. And I talked to him pretty much every day. And so we, we got him set up. Um, and he's, he's right now, when I talked to him the day before yesterday, he was working on getting his kids up to his mom's house so they could all spend Christmas together. We talked about um, specifically programming and more along the lines of interviews with players. But the actual user experience with the NBA um, and its players um, on television how, if you were Adam Silver for a day, you'd have to be bold, but if you if you were him for a day, how would you improve the product? By not making it a single cast. In other words, imagine if you had five Scoopies all at the same time doing things a little bit different on the, on the same podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we have to make it so that we can have almost an unlimited number of people calling our games in different languages, different formats, you know, the... the the people who like Twitch, you know, for their Fortnite, you know, the, the people they follow on Twitch for Fortnite are mm -hmm. different than the people you get on YouTube, right, are different. And there's different things, you know. Some people like the old school um, Van Gundy and, and Mark Jackson, and other people might like Ninja calling an NBA game. And somebody else might like, you know, um, Mr. Beast calling a game. And somebody else might want nobody calling a game. Um, it's just going to be different. And so I think now is we've got to start looking at getting games to people where they want them, how they want them, when they want them, in the way that and format that they want them.
Are the Mavs a four seed team this year? I mean, we'll see. I don't ever make predictions, but we have the talent to be so. How close were you into getting Paul Pierce when he was uh, back? Back in the day, we were, and Atlanta killed it. We thought we had it done, and Atlanta killed it. Um, God, I forget what year it was, but we had a deal three ways. 2008? Yeah, we had a three-way deal done with the Mavs, Celtics, and Atlanta. And when Atlanta saw that the other team, because you really don't tell the other team, the third team, you might just say we're moving them on, a player. Um, when we got to the trade call and they realized what was going on, they killed it. Thoughts on Tyrell Terry stepping into a Seth Curry role this season for the Mavericks? Well, you're, you're not ready yet, right? I mean, you're not going to replace Seth Curry, who's one of the top three-point shooters of all time. But he has the ability to grow into that. Um, we're really impressed by him. You know, he's, he's quick, he's wiry, he's smart, um, and he can shoot. And those are all good starting points. So we'll see. But, you know, you never quite know how what the mental makeup is and the the how hard a guy will work until they get here. You know, and so, so far he's been great, and he's got the talent and the ability. So, again, knock on wood, you know, he'll, he'll be able to in a couple of years step up to where Seth was. You talked about the NBA improving the product. Um, I'm guessing you saw the Tyson Jones fight as well as uh, Nate Robinson and Jake Paul. Would you pay money to see Snoop Dogg do color commentating for an NBA game? Oh, hell yeah. Snoop was the real deal. I love my guy, man. He's just got it on everything. That dude is quick. That dude is so smart and quick, man. Yes, absolutely. Could you see it? Him and um, and Stan Van Gundy, if Stan wasn't coaching – you know, um, it, yeah, <laughs> it, Snoop is, I love Snoop. Mark Jackson is not coaching in the NBA. Would you like to see him be a head coach in the NBA again? Yeah, I mean, Mark is obviously very talented, and he was very successful turning the, the Warriors around. I don't know why he doesn't have a job, you know, but there's a lot of things I don't know about the NBA. When I look at you, I was in high school when I saw you running on the court, yelling at refs, cursing at Kenyon Martin back and forth. Over the years, you've, uh, you're still cool, but you, you're not really track meeting on the court anymore. Oh, yeah, I am. You just People are used to it. It's not against the rules anymore. Where have you dialed back, though? Um, I guess I'm not at every game. Because um, my family, right? Because now my kids are older, um, and they're more fun most of the time. Some of the time, um, but that's probably where I've dialed back because I never missed a game before. Now I'll miss games because of family things. Um, but the rest, you know, it's really scoop. I mean, they're they're just more used to me. The things that I did before that used to freak people out. Um, now it's just like okay, that's Mark. And now you see other owners, you know, because when I first got started. You never saw an odor down by the bench or on the court. Um, and now it's just like that's what they're expected to be. If you're not sitting close by and getting into the games, they think something's wrong. And so I think people are just used to me now. Do you consider yourself the old guard and the NBA owner? Because I feel like um, you had a young upstart. And now, I mean, you got young guys younger than you. I know, pissing me off, too. No, I'm not, you know – my age ain't the right number. <laughs> it's what's in here that matters. Um, 
but no, I still do my same routine. And yeah, I mean, because I've been around longer than most, I guess I'm part of the old guard, but I'm not old. If you, you're still going to see me get out in the court before a home game, even in quarantine, um, getting shots up. I was down at the practice court today, getting shots up with Daryl Armstrong and, you know, showing these guys that I can shoot. And um, so, yeah, you're not going to take, you're not going to take it out of me. Um, I'm, I'm still going to, I'm still going to be that guy that's going nuts. And that's just the way it is. I'm curious. Like I talked to certain GMs about this. Um, like what GMs. So to, there's a statement and then there's a question. I look at GMs and there's certain GMs you look at, you can see how they could kind of be cool and hang out. Are there owners that are in the NBA? Like when I look at owners, some of them just appear to me like beasts from X-Men. They just to themselves. They don't hang out with the employees. Are there, are there, if you could, name an owner or two that you actually consider a friend that you could actually kick it with when your teams are kicking each other's butts. Does, is, is that a thing? Does that actually happen? I mean, it's not like we're best friends because we all businesses to run and teams to run, but um, like MJ, obviously I love to hang out with. He's fun. The guys from the Celtics wick is fun. Um, Michael Rubin from Philly is fun. Um, i trying to think Jeannie bus is fun. I'm trying to go through all the the Aronsons. Mickey can be fun from time to time. He doesn't always. I've been out there with Mickey dancing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, those are the guys that I've hung out with. Do you still have interest in a Major League Baseball team ownership? None. Not even a little bit. You know, it, it seemed cool when I first got into the NBA owning another team. Um, and I looked at the Pirates, the Cubs, and the, and the Dodgers at various points. But now, you know, again, because of family, 162 games. And then, you know, and, and they won't even let me in. They're just really old school. So if you were an owner of an NFL team, what would your approach be to building the franchise? I mean, the NFL is all about quarterbacks. So I'd probably make a lot more trades just to give myself more hits in the draft. I don't, I don't think teams will trade guys to, to pick up picks enough. I think that's the biggest change that I would make. When we spoke over the summer, uh, we talked about the what's next. Um, more specifically, um, you made your money uh, in the digital age, like when things were getting ready to, to move up. And I asked you what the next, what the what the what next is. To expand on that question, for people of color to monetize social media to monetize their brand, what advice would you give them? You know, no, take chances, try it. You know, one of the things I learned when I was first getting started, when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the time to try something. You know, it wasn't like I could get more credit cards cut up. It wasn't like more bill collectors could call me. I just had to go for it, right? And, and it meant getting a job at night and starting a business during the day. And I think particularly in urban communities, there are opportunities to start businesses to sell to the community. You know, there's so many people that come in from the outside or people or things that are left undone. And they're just really unique opportunities that, you know, there's no better time than to try it. And, and I think we're, it's unfortunate because, you know, in some of the inner city schools, they don't have great business training or great understanding of finance or marketing or math. And, you know, if somebody can 
to find a way to learn that stuff. The opportunities are there to start up companies where you don't need a lot of money. You can just start with sweat equity, your effort, you know, and, and go from there. What do you think the NBA will do if, the, if this season doesn't work out? Adapt, be agile. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, if, if you know, God help us if, if things get worse and we get guys sick in a bad way, we'll figure out, you know, we'll decide what we need to do. You know, the good news is, at least in our first, you know, road trip to Milwaukee, guys really understood the protocol and they knew the drill that, and they knew what was at stake, even, and that's most important. You know, and so they weren't running to get out. They weren't, and I think they saw what happened with the NFL and the Broncos not having a quarterback and realized that you, they've really got to be careful. Steve Nash is in a new position. You know him well. Will it be weird to see him on a bench next to Mike D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire when you guys play the Mavericks at some point this season? Yeah, it'll be fun. I love Steve, right? And he'll be a great coach. You know, he's a player's coach. He's smart. He understands the game. He's respected. I mean, he's got all the pieces, you know, and he's got D'Antoni to help him with in-game adjustments. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot to be said. And, you know, having Kyrie and, and Spencer and KD and, you know, you know DJ, there, there's a lot of talent there too. So that obviously helps. Best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from a fellow NBA owner? Jerry Buff, that I'm paraphrasing, they're going to fuck with you, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he didn't use those exact words, but he told me the story about when he um, offered Magic Johnson a million dollars a year for 25 years and how all the other owners hated him. You know, and he said, pay attention. Also pay attention to how little a lot, most of the owners speak during meetings, mm-hmm. you know, talk behind your back. And and so he was really supportive and really helpful. Um, he was great. I loved her. He, he was a good man. No, that's God rest his soul. Um, he was a good man. It, when you look at college, um, specifically COVID wise and more. Do you think less and less people will look, not from a from a sports perspective, but from an everyday working man or woman perspective, do you think that people are going to look at that differently and that it's not needed, or do you still think it's a valuable thing? Oh, I think it's incredibly valuable. I think what will change is instead of going to school for the name, you go to the school that, that you can afford. You know, there's not a whole lot of difference taking, you know, sociology or freshman English at a community college or at Harvard, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they drive better cars at Harvard, but, you know, I, I, if it were me coming out of school, I'll, I'll take that class in the community college all day long. And so I think that's first and foremost, getting as many credits as you can, as cheaply as you can before you figure out your major. But I think the best value that college offers you is learning how to learn, getting excited about learning. You know, like I have, have to explain to my kids who are 11, 14 and 17 and, you know, like every kid in middle school and high school, why do I need to learn this? When am I ever going to learn, you know, need to lo- use this? And I try to explain to them it's the process of learning and, you know, figuring out how things come together and why things happen and using that logic and and thirst for knowledge and being able to apply it in, in your real life. You had to learn about the podcast business. Mm-hmm. You had to learn about the sports industry. All these things you may not have learned in, in school, but at the same time, you learn how to approach those issues and figure it out that, hey, 
and got the confidence that, hey, I can learn it. And to me, that, that was the greatest skill I got when I went to Indiana University, just learning how to learn, loving to learn, and being challenged and not being afraid to learn. A lot of talent comes out of Indiana University. Two people I can call, come to when I need to is you and NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas. IT, that's my guy, baby I. Yes, sir. Brother, thank you for your time. And we've been trying to get this done for a couple months. We got it. I promise you, and you delivered with a great interview. Thanks. Brother, thank you. This is Scooby Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.